Hey guys, as most of you know, uh, we are a Chico-based podcast that's in Northern California, and we're covering a topic this week that uh, has been hitting pretty close to home for a lot of people. We're covering the film Only the Brave, uh, which focuses on firefighting, and a lot of the people close to us have been dealing with wildfires in their life. Um, so we just wanted to throw this at the top of the episode. Um, if if you're feeling extra sensitive towards that, like some of us have been, um, maybe this is a good one to skip until things die down. Um, but we mean all the best, and we're still reviewing this film because it was a great film, and we all really enjoyed it. Fair to say, gentlemen, that's about yes, our sir. stance. Yep. And we'd like to thank all of the wildland firefighters that have been working their tails off in our area for the last month or two or all summer, really. Absolutely. And best, uh, best wishes for everyone that's been affected by this. And um, they're in our, in our thoughts. Enjoy the episode. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. So Johnny's standing up, and I know that means he has something to say. Yes, I'm excited about the Handlebar's new remodel. What do you mean the Handlebar? What is that? The Handlebar is a delightful craft beer bar and restaurant located on East 20th Street here in Chico. Yeah, they're great. Uh, They've been partners and sponsoring our show for a long time, and they also have a happy hour from 2 to 6 every day of the week. So if you've never been, please go check them out. They're a wonderful business. And grab grab a dollar off all their draft beers from 2 to 6 every day of the week. Yeah, once again, that is the Handlebar Craft Beer and Restaurant located on East 20th Street. But in the meantime, what I want to say to you is good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In case I don't see you. Good night. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. And, and together. We are the what we just said. Yeah. And that's our best. That's I think the first time we've talked over each other. It's usually really smooth in yeah. that part. I'm sorry. You usually guide me so well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, welcome to another episode. If you've never joined us before, this is a show about craft beer and movies. And other shenanigans. And everything in between, uh, which is basically everything. Yeah. Uh, it's a very fun episode this time because we do have a special guest, our friend John Wallum. He is a Patreon supporter, has been for quite some time, and he is uh, the level of Patreon supporter that gets to feature his voice and his beautiful cuteness on the show. Mm. Uh, John, say hello. Well, hello, hello. How is yes. everybody doing today? So darn great. Fantastic. Um, Super duper. Before we get into too much, we are going to start. We're doing three beers this episode, so we're going to crack open our first one, which you heard a second ago when Johnny did it. Has been cracked. And it has been poured. And we are going to have Johnny give us a little bit about what that beer is. And if I think you're, Johnny, the only one that's ever had it. Yeah, I haven't. I, wait, before we go, too, I learned pretty recently that John Wallum, by most people, gets called Johnny. And I'm not doing that. So I'm <laughs> whenever I say Johnny, it's Johnny. That's oh, me. Yeah. And then John is our, yeah. yeah. Okay, we all get it. You can be Johnny in your own personal life. Perfect. You're yeah. not in this room. This is Thunderdome. <laughs> well, uh, anyways. <laughs> this is not my world. <laughs> uh, what, what are we drinking? I'm just finding the tab on my phone. The last tab I had open on my phone was... Don't tell me. Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> five simple steps for processing and cleaning bones. Okay. Of course it is. Was it last week? House of a Thousand Corpses? No, it was today. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Long Monday? Funny story. Is it? It's actually pretty funny. My buddy found a dead owl oh. and he wanted to preserve some of the bones. So mm. he picked it up and put it in his freezer. Okay. And now we're working on that. You know, bird bones are hollow. Yeah. So it might be it might be a very specific process if it's birds. Uh, yeah, I that article had some different things. You just use like a low-grade uh, household hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. and patience. And just let it go. Or yeah. Coca-Cola, probably. Or maybe. But bird bones are really thin. Yeah. So it might just eat right through them. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to need some more dead birds. 
I right. never thought I would have known something like this. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's the beauty of Fresh Hop Cinema. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes I talk I, about right. bones. I, I feel enlightened. Anyways, I just thought that was funny. That was the last thing I opened on my phone. That and the goddess Kali. I was reading about Hinduism. It's great. It's pretty fun. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about beer. This is a beer podcast. It doesn't seem like it, but beer. it is. We are drinking Spaceship Earth. It is a seasonal 16-ounce can release from Modern Times Brewery out of San Diego. Uh, this alcohol content on this pale ale is going to be 5.2%, 40 IBUs. Uh, it features citrus, Simcoe, Mosaic, African Queen, and Centennial hops. Uh, the description Modern Times gives is thus. Our relentless pursuit of the juiciest of hop profiles led us to this outrageously tasty pale ale. Big, mouth-watering flavors of tropical fruit and citrus explode from the glass, fairly commanding that the drinker return to its mysterious, hazy depths for future exploration. That's very succinct. Sounds like this beer wants to take over my life. There's a reason that we've had so many good Modern Times beers on the show. Because Modern Times is absolutely killing it? Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had one that I disliked. Um, Word. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like the Saison, but it's mainly because I don't yep. like Saisons. Mm-hmm. But I've tried it objectively. Oh, the po- the point, uh, drop point. Art? Drop art? No, that one was good. Because that was a Saison as well, I yeah. believe. John, did you ever have that? Drop, no, is it drop, drop art? art? I think it's drop art. Yeah, I'm not a big saison fan. Yeah, no, but the drop art saison was it had like tangerine and a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff in it, and I really liked it. It was kind of on the tart side, but they have one uh, Loma Land is their right. everyday year round saison, and it's it is really typical saison, and I I just don't get down with that straightforward style. Yeah, we never do saisons on the show because we don't really care for them. But I'm trying to figure out when it was that we did that that drop art. That was a while ago. Yeah. But it was it was strangely delicious for what I what I was prepared for. Yeah, I wasn't expected to like. I think that beer surprised us. Both. Yeah, I, th- I think we said like this is a saison people that don't like like saisons. Yeah, because so. it was us. Yeah. So like always for these seasonal releases, the the can art is ridiculously cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's very modernistic with like a seventies retro twist. I don't know. They're all just really nice. Mm-hmm. You can Google their cans. I'll probably post some pictures on Instagram, but. Uh, yeah, just a real big, tropical, juicy, lovely pale ale. Remind, guys... remind me what you said the ABV was? The... Like 5.5 on it? 5.2, I believe. Guy, put me on the spot. 5.2. 5.2. Nice. 5.2. Okay. And just like all of Modern Times beers, this beer is vegan. Right. Perfect. Which is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a I cool thing. really concerned about that. Some I don't I don't really understand what a lot of things aren't vegan in beers, but I'm sure there's probably things. Well, there's probably some animal-derived preservatives, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be curious to know that, too. Like, what exactly in beer would make it not vegan? Or maybe it's just a thing that they're really proud of, because their coffee's all the same, too. Yeah, but I mean, besides mm-hmm. a milk stout, I can't think of any other direct animal ingredients in beer. Yeah, brewers. Isn't there a know. bacon beer? Huh? Isn't there a bacon right. beer? Yeah. And there's stuff like that, too. But I thought that had artificial flavor. Hmm. I've always read what I've read that they mm-hmm. just add like liquid smoke to those <laughs> and just make a catastrophe yeah. in a bottle. I don't know that I've had a bacon, <clears throat> bacon beer before. I've had a couple. I don't think I could. There. No, it seems weird. You know what I would rather do is just eat bacon. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? Especially what you brought in today. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, that's right. My seat was locked. I tried to recline. <laughs> I saw you try and lean back. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I thought you were trying bro. to do something else. Yeah. Uh, since we're covering so much beer today, let's get into this one, shall we? Sure. Yes. Um, what What do we like about this? What do we not like? John, can we start with you? So it's got a it's got a wonderful aroma to it. Um, it's definitely citrusy. It's got uh, you know a wonderful uh, flavor to it, but it just it's hitting me very astringent. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just right there in the in the middle of the palate. Just it's it's good, but I could use it probably being a little more juicy. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it does. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. It definitely has a, a pronounced hoppy, uh, mm-hmm. just immediate hop punch, which is really enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like a lot of the hops that are in it. Mm. It's well balanced. It's drinkable. Yeah, uh, I think it's nice and bitter. I like it for that. Yeah, I I enjoy it as well. I am sort of in the same boat as John though, I'm, and, and maybe it's more not disliking it, but being confused. Mm-hmm. About exactly because it feels like everything the way it looks and the way it smells it should every everything should be leaning towards like a really intense hazy pale right yeah, but then you, like, get, you get that bitter yeah I, like, go, yeah I don't know it's good yeah when uh-huh. I when I smell this I think it should be probably a little sweeter a little more smooth mm-hmm. um, I have that really you know uh, juicy especially with the the citra and Simcoe hops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah that one I don't know why it just it hits me as really astringent it's not bad it's really good. But just I was kind of with the aroma. I think I was expecting something different. Yeah, agreed. I could see that for sure. It's kind of rough around the edges if you're not expecting it. Uh, I, for one, I like both sides of the argument. But it's mm-hmm. nice to have a nice bitter hop presence in a beer. Absolutely. So many damn beers taste like <laughs> orange juice. This yeah. taste. Uh, yeah. Again, that's Spaceship Earth by Modern Times. So Johnny Summers out of ten. Seven point nine. John Wallum. 7.5. Oh, I'm an 8 too, guys. How am I the highest? I thought for <laughs> I sure know, you are going to be higher than me. I like it. It's just not the best pale ale in the world. Yeah, that's like a high 7 average. Yeah, it's really good. I uh, mean, that's way above average. Totally. Um, they sell these in four packs in most places. Uh, like Johnny said in the beginning, it's a seasonal release, so get them while you can. Get it at Spikes. Get it at Spikes. Oh, Spike. Uh, but moving right along, um, it's been a while since we sat down with John Wallum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of want to start with you. What have you been up to the past? How, we, well, we haven't even seen... I haven't seen you for... When did we when did we all hang out here and do that thing that we did for oh, Patreon? A couple oh, months gosh. ago? No, oh, it that was thing. That yeah, thing, it was yeah. like three weeks ago. It was more than that, because it was before no, I went to London. No, it was um it was the day before uh, uh fellow Patreon member Jameson Parker and uh, had his, a baby. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um so I think uh shout out to them, uh, his wife Natalie and mm-hmm. uh, their newest edition, little uh, Little Rhett Thomas. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, the, uh, that was, he's a little over a month now. So okay. it's probably been a month or five, five weeks, weeks or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, then what's been new with you in the five weeks that I haven't seen? <sighs> oh, gosh. Um, Cassidy started walking. Cassidy Cass- is John's daughter. Mm-hmm. I think everybody that listens, unless you're brand new, knows that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. for those of you that don't know, that's preface, the wee baby Wollum. Preface this. Yeah, his his child's <laughs> been a kind of a fixture on the show since <laughs> frequent flyer before she was even birthed yeah the wee world. baby Wollum. yeah uh, yep. so yeah to preface it all john's a family man i am safe to say your life's yes. pretty dominated by uh family yes, exactly which yep. is a beautiful thing absolutely um i've uh yeah i've been um doing a lot between uh my day job and then uh, on the weekends i've been driving uber and lyft and uh how um, is that it's it's good. I mean, I, I didn't go out this past weekend because it was super crazy with Halloween. Halloween. And honestly, mm-hmm. my car's just, I like keeping my car nice. Um, right. Yeah. One thing I didn't talk about last time, but I used to own a detailing business. Mm-hmm. So I like keeping my car nice and clean. And uh, it, it gets dirty enough with people just getting in and out of it. And for some reason, everyone loves to slam the door when they get in and out of an Uber car. That's I don't know why. But it's like, you know, come on. It, 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 I paid a lot of money for this car. You just close it. Just close it. Do you like driving for Uber? I do. Yeah? You get to meet a lot of really neat people. Is it worth it monetarily, if you don't mind me asking you an awkward question? <laughs> no, it's not awkward. I've um, always wondered that because I kind of want to do it, but I've heard <clears throat> both sides. So you have to look at the big picture. You have to realize um, you do not want to do it with an expensive car. So like, I'm probably right there on the edge with, with mine as far as the value of it. Um, you're going to put a lot of mileage on your car really quick. You're going to burn a lot of gas. 
Um, there's going to be a lot of wear and tear on your vehicle with tires, brakes, shocks, everything else. Because literally, you're just hauling people around. Okay. Um, if you have a cheaper car, it's probably worth it. Something that gets really good gas mileage. Mine is a full-size sedan. It's a, a Ford Fusion. Okay. Um, but... Uh, it's worth it if you're willing to put in the hours. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's it's not uncommon to, um, you know, make four or five hundred bucks a weekend. That's pretty nice, good. dude. I That's feel like putting in some serious hours, though. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I cut you off. I was going to say, I think it's it's probably something um, that you, you enjoy a little bit more if you enjoy people, right? I do. I really, really do enjoy people. But uh, at the same time, it's finding that balance of work, family time, and uh, with... Um, uh, Amanda, being a stay-at-home mom, we kind of had to offset that income. So sure, makes sense. Yeah. You got to pick up the slack somewhere. Oh yeah. Let's talk about your kid walking because oh, that's got to yeah. be friggin' terrifying. Oh my. Gosh. Am I right? It is. She's walking in right now. She's teething again. So she's got two teeth on the bottom. She's got two more coming in on top. So now you have a tiny human in your house mm-hmm. that can sprint and is angry. <laughs> yeah, and she can get into the doors or Good the. Boy. uh, uh Doggy doors. Cabinets? Mm-hmm. Cabinets. There you go, yeah. Thank you. Doggy doors? <laughs> Doggy doors. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that kind of like, hello? <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, anyways, cabinets. Cabinets. Yeah. Yes. You don't so, have the child locks? We uh, we did. We finally installed those, but yeah. uh, we were so enamored with her walking and uh, everything else, um, it kind of, we spaced. How, how long has she been walking? Uh, she about three weeks now. Has the excitement worn off? No, no. Is it still no? Cool? Oh my gosh! Because she's yeah, she'll she can sit down, she can stand herself up without talking or without talking. <laughs> I can't even do that, right? <laughs> I don't make no. noise. Like, <laughs> she, she'll stand herself up and then she'll just start walking. She'll waddle and then all of a sudden she'll just drop down on her butt. That's hilarious. Oh, it's so freaking cute. Mm. Raising a human's got to be weird, man. It's it's weird, but it is probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Um, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of hobbies and a lot of passion in my life, but by far, um, she is, she's my everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. And I'm very, very blessed to have some, uh, wonderful friends that realize that and, you know, help us out Wait, with things. That's and, a cheers moment. Cheers. You're about to drink. I'm sorry for cheers. cutting you off like that. You're all right. Yeah. 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 That was some tiny be- humans. That was some beautiful stuff, man. Mm. Cheers. Also, Shalina, if you're listening, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast. <laughs> My wife's not allowed to listen to this. I saw she wasn't really on Facebook, so I've been posting baby pictures to Instagram. Oh, that's just rude. I blame you for a lot of what's been happening at my house. I know nothing. I think that's a dialogue that every couple has eventually. Well, okay, so funny thing. Amanda and I have been together since 2001, high school sweethearts. And I was absolutely 100% against having children. Didn't, Didn't want kids, didn't want anything to do with it. And then probably 2011, 2012, um, Mira and I were talking one day. We were just sitting on the couch, and I go, hey, you know what? What would Brutus, our little miniature chihuahua asshole dog, pardon my French, um, <laughs> I was like, what would Brutus do if we had a baby? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, eh, we should probably have a little one. So three years later, or I'm sorry, that was two th- whenever. Math. Math. <laughs> yeah. We got you. math. So yeah, Some, December twenty first, twenty sixteen, Cassidy came here. Four hours later, <laughs> SpongeBob reference, I believe. Uh, well, great, uh, Johnny Summers. What is new with you? We haven't recorded for three days or four days. It's been crazy. How are you? Good, man. How's things? Things are good. I had a bout with sickness. I was sick as a dog, but you won. You're still here. I did one. I didn't die, but God, it was terrible. Me and the wife both got super sick, like with a stomach flu for a few days. So that was fun. Uh, missed a trip to Apple Hill. 
which I spoke oh, no, about. Oh, you love Apple Hill. I do love Apple Hill. What's Apple Hill for Apple, those that don't know? Apple Hill is an area outside of Sacramento that's all apple farming, Ooh. and they've got different farms, and it's like uh, like a craft fair, artisan fair at every single one, mm-hmm. and they've all got like bakeries in them where you, you just try fresh apple pie with different apples, and it's ridiculous. Nice. Um, and you can make a day of it and go to all the different uh, apple farms and pick your own apples if you want. It's really neat. Nice. That sounds awesome. And it's uh, near Mraz, the brewery. So you can mm-hmm. kind of hit that on your way up and then do that. But unfortunately... Yeah, you didn't go. All that to no, say, you that couldn't to, do it. <laughs> that's all really cool stuff that I didn't do. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, I had some family stuff going on this weekend. And uh, uh, one odd thing happened. I went to the Home and Garden show. Uh, I was adult as hell. You've been domesticated. On Saturday. And the best part is it was my idea. <laughs> I was that sit- happens. I was sitting watching football with Dan Padden, shout out, uh, who made our Did, beer. I was going to, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, yeah, 5, 5.0, huh? Oh, no. He got, all right. <laughs> it well. was pretty funny. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. For um, those of you that have no idea what we're saying. But uh, anyways, I was sitting at his house watching football drinking beer and he's like we're going to the home and garden show i need to get some ideas to for landscaping in my backyard you guys want to go and i'm like well yeah because i'm gonna buy a house within the next like three years sure mm-hmm. so i figured we have some homeowner practice so checked out some pergolas i bought a, a candle it was it was very <clears throat> nice petted some greyhounds some greyhounds yep Aww. and fun story i missed you by a matter of hours yes uh, why were you there? Yeah, Gianna and I were also at the Home and Garden Show, and f- for the sake of honesty, it was mostly her. Uh, she she volunteers a lot with the Greyhound Adoption Center, which is which where is where we got our Greyhound. And uh, so she does when these Home and Garden fairs or different types of like adoption clinics pop up, uh, she goes and Raygar goes, and they they have a good old time because he's like a super friendly. Apparently, uh, he's the, the most. Uh, He's got the most personality of like any greyhound that almost anybody's ever seen. And he's really? one of the biggest. And he's one of the biggest. Yeah. yeah. The and lady was saying, the lady that mm-hmm. was volunteering there knew your dog yeah, yeah. by name. It was I adorable. What, <laughs> what did the lady look like? Give me an age and like hairstyle. Oh, maybe mid, early 50s, visor, short hair. Grayish hair? Grayish, yeah. I think that was Barbara. Yeah, I think so. She's the one that we adopted through. She had a cream-colored dog with her all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. Yeah. She's adorable. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, soft. Yeah. That dog was like, the, it was like a rabbit. Mm-hmm. It was really cute. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, you guys adopted your dog from a, like, they, were they rescue? Yeah, they're down in San Diego, actually, and they, mm-hmm. they do rescues primarily from like Tijuana. That's cool. From dog racing. Because mm-hmm. that's, she was saying 10,000 dogs a year still get like abandoned yeah. by racing. Abandoned or put down because <sighs> they're just not fast enough. They're like, oh, breed another wow. one. Yeah. It's a big thing. Seriously. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's why we got a, what's one of the reasons we got a greyhound. Yeah. And, and then Shalina's like, I want a greyhound. They're great. There's huge couch potatoes. I know. And if you're on the fence or if, if, if there's a person in your life that has like a really strong desire for a kid, this is like a nice little stepping stone. It's like, oh, we'll have a greyhound for a while. See how that goes. We're looking at uh, Pomeranians. Okay. Oh, a little yeah. different. But Do right. that because you got to clean up the backside with those little... Uh, yeah, because of the hair, huh? Mm-hmm. We used to have a Pomeranian. Yeah. I like, hated that dog. Yeah. Um, <clears> you <throat> should get a greyhound instead. Why would you get a Pomeranian? I don't know. Shalina really wants a, a greyhound too because she saw one and she loves Rhaegar. I would rather have a big dog. Yeah, you guys should. Uh, you should. I'll, next time we do a greyhound event, you should come and bring Shalina, and we'll all meet some greyhounds. Dude, we would both poop. like so, a play date. We would both poop our pants. Yeah, just like be in a field full of greyhounds. Yeah, well, the last one we went to, there it was out of this lady's house um, in Butte Meadows, and there were I think twelve greyhounds there, oh all just God. romping around in the wow. meadow, and it was, it was really nice. Oh, uh, I feel like there should be harp music playing behind <laughs> me. Oh, there was. There's a harpist they hire. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. I am gonna get a tunic yeah. of some sort. Yeah, and frolic, please. So real quick. 
don't get small dogs, please. Yeah, you shouldn't get coming, small dogs. Coming from a guy who has a, a Shih Tzu Schnauzer and a miniature Chihuahua, you will go insane. Yeah. I'm, I I love our dogs to death, but if I, we're voting, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it again. Pomeranians, you're cute though. Not and if that you, cute. If you like really high pitched, annoying, bark at everything and not listen to a dang thing you say. Yeah, I guess there's there's Pomeranian, obviously you can train them. Yeah, they're kind of. still yeah they're just so independent and they have that small dog syndrome. Mm. But like you could have or you could have a big dog who you've rescued from death. Yeah, which cool. is great. Like yeah yeah because everyone wants a pomeranian. <clears throat> Yeah. Anyways, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on on my week real quick before sure. we go to our first break here. Yeah, do it. You've been up to something. I I've hear. been up to something that is uh, what some people might call unwise, and that's cycling long distances when I'm out of shape. I, for one, say thumbs down to this yes. activity. I recently got a bike, <laughs> and it's a road bike, and I have a lot of biking friends. I need to say cyclists because biking, I guess, people think motorcycle. So I have a lot of cyclist friends. If you said biker friends, <laughs> biking, <laughs> biking, friends. biking, what? and biker, and they're different. like, are they from Norway? I what said biking? Das. What type yeah, of bike yeah. did you get? Uh, it's a Novara. No, I, I don't know anything that. about bikes, but that's what it is. So right. is it the fixed gear? That no, you were riding. You no. got a different one. I got a different full-on road bike. It's like a what's <clears throat> what's like a normal amount of speeds on a bike? I don't know. Usually like a sixteen speed, twenty-five. When I had my road bike, it was twenty-seven. I had 27 It's years. like in there. Yeah, there's like there's probably like 20s. I don't know. It's a lot of speeds, man. Well, you have a lot of options. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I've I've done I've gone on two rides now. Both rides 16 miles from my nice. house to Honey Run Cover Bridge and back. You know who rides their bikes a lot that you should hit up cuz they're out riding all the time during the week during that? the day. Uh Joseph and Lucas from The Goose. Mm. They're okay, both cool. Avid road cyclists. Yeah, I'm looking to meet more people, so. And they they work kind of the same hours as you. So Right. Yeah, that could be fun. Anyways, so I've been a little sore. When, when John showed up today for this podcast, I was like sweaty, like literally on my bike when he pulled <laughs> up. So I showered quick and, and now here we are. Nice. I arrived a little early. He, you had told me. At Spikes, because originally it was 5.30 and then I was like, yeah. at Spikes getting the beers. I was like, hey, maybe 5.45. Yeah. But I still pushed it way I, too close. I was never not going to be here at 6. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, oh yeah, I need to be there at 5.30 and I got here like 5.35. I had bacon and rum barrel aged brown sugar to drink. I brought a baby. You brought she a stayed baby? In, no, she stayed in the car. But oh. wait, you need to clarify because the car's not still here. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. My my wife was there. wonderful and dropped me off, and <laughs> she'll come and pick me up. The baby is safe and That's sound funny. with my wife. You're about to get some calls. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're gonna jump to a break. We're gonna come back with our first uh, our first take on this movie that we're covering, Only the Brave, and our second beer, and we will be right back. So please stick around. John Wallum, this is not the first time I've seen you today, is it? Well, that's right, Max. I saw you at Spike's Bottle Shop today. I saw you both from the window. Oh, God. <laughs> where I was watching you shop for beer. No, I was there to buy beer, too. Did you like what you saw? I did like what I saw. boy. Yeah, they've got an amazing selection of craft beer. Maybe the best in Chico. That's true. Maybe. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that they do. And they've partnered with this podcast to give our listeners 10% off any purchase in that store if they know the secret passcode. What is it? It's FHC. And it will be FHC forever. I use that passcode today. Did it work? It did. And I got 10% off all my purchases. That is magical. Perfect. So go on into Spikes located at 1270 East 1st Avenue. Get anything you want in the store. Use the checkout code FHC and get 10% off. Come on. We're back from the break, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. You can't not do the diddly diddly. You can't not. And I didn't want to do it, but it's that saxophone line. Is it sax? I think it is. Get down on it. It's saxy. Um, We're back from our break. We're hitting our second beer. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about this movie, Only the Brave. And before we get into our personal thoughts, I'm going to read y'all a little bit about the movie. 
And this is just a basic synopsis. We're not giving anything away. If you've never heard the show before, we don't spoil things until the end. That said, even with this episode, it's fair to say we're not going to spoil too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maxwell, give it to me. Through hope, determination, sacrifice, and the drive to protect families and communities, the Granite Mountain Hotshots become one of the most elite firefighting teams in the country. While most people run from danger, they run toward it, watching over lives, homes, and everything people hold dear, forging a unique brotherhood that comes into focus with one fateful fire in Yarnell, Arizona. Also, just a side note, we've read that before. Yeah. I dare say with all three of us, because I had the, the craziest deja vu reading that just now. I don't... I think... I mean, that was bad. Yeah. Right even before I started, like, we're going to read that. And I was like, oh, I'm in the deja vu zone. Hmm. Anyways. Did it feel hmm. familiar? Yeah, it was weird. I hate deja vu. It freaks me out. It makes me oh. think I'm in the Matrix or whatever. The Matrix is real. Yeah. Or like Minority Report or something. Hmm. Anyways, guys, what were, your, uh, what were your initial thoughts on this film? I loved it. I really Perfect. Did. It, was, it was good. It was, uh, it definitely had a lot of feels. <laughs> Quite a few feels. Oh, yes. From so many different angles. I think yes. that was really neat. Yeah, that was one of my favorite aspects about this, actually, is the uh, the depth of not just the, the plot and the acting, but sort of the different story arcs that happened within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit. The whole movie had a lot of range. <clears throat> it know, did. From, it really did. From, like, some inner interpersonal relationship things mm-hmm. that was that, that were written in a very identifiable way. Like, yeah. it felt like real, like if, like real dialogue. Yeah, the absolutely. way a man, a, you know, husband and wife might talk to each mm-hmm. other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If, if you've never heard of this, it's directed by Joseph Kaczynski, and it stars Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges, Jennifer Connelly, a whole bunch of other people you've seen that I think uh, peppered in nicely as supporting actors. Yeah. Um, but it was it was something that we've we've had on our list for for a few weeks, um, yeah. at least on mine. I saw a trailer for it maybe a month and a half ago. And I was like, all right, we should definitely cover that on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, so here we are. I remember texting you about it. In a movie that you missed the previews. Oh, yeah. I was right. like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. looks so intense. And mm-hmm. it really was. It was intense. It was a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got emotional a couple times in the yeah. movies. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was something. Let's I talk. Uh, bald at the end of it. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk highs and lows. What we liked, <clears throat> what we didn't like. John Wallum. Highs and lows. Again, yeah, without spoiling too much. I don't know how much we can really yeah. say, but um, let's say what you can. Definitely there was a lot of good... Uh, trying to think how to put this the relation between the the um the cast the actors mm-hmm. um there seemed to be a lot there on a almost on a personal level that really made it believable coming across the screen um like you said there was many layers to the film either uh, the relationship with uh, bear the main character and his uh wife or living girlfriend or whatever she was mm-hmm. and then um uh donut and uh, mm-hmm. uh everything he went through his uh, identifying with Bear, um, definitely. I have no idea where I'm going with this. You're right. Definitely I'm just made good. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely just made it it enjoyable, made it yeah. believable, made it really easy to kind of just sink in, watch the movie, and almost uh, feel like you're part of it. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of chemistry in the actors, and it yeah. did make you feel like it was because especially something like I don't think it's a reach to think that <clears throat> the the brotherhood and bondage you would have from a group like that is dissimilar to like a military platoon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You have this bond, you go through near-death experiences, and uh, I think what makes or breaks a lot of these movies is the chemistry and the believability mm-hmm. of those people working together. And also. the writing. And the writing, for sure. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> that's one thing that struck me really profoundly about this movie is, is not just the chemistry, but the way that all of the characters were written and the way they like seamlessly interacted with each other in a way that was just 
incredibly believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie really encapsulated how dudes communicate with each other. I can see that. Like, Absolutely. As, yeah. as a dude that's like done a lot of factory work and I've worked outside, like just real working dudes really do give each other that much grief. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, sure. It's, it was really, I like the way that they wrote that. Yeah. Like, it's like a lot of like busting your balls kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it didn't. It, it didn't ever feel too contrived. It felt like you're saying true to true to life. Yeah, and you really felt like all the characters really did know each other and care about each other deeply. Yeah. Before we get too far into this, I think it's worth noting that this is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a little bit more of a of Wh- a, an emotional impact, which I didn't uh, know going in. Oh, really? Oh. Well, I hate trailers, and I don't right. like doing a lot mm-hmm. of research about a movie for fear of potential bias mm-hmm. um, or preconceived anything. So I, I really try and remove myself from any information about a movie going in. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Miles Teller's character. He plays Brendan McDonough, which he gets called uh, Donut. Donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Through the whole movie. He's just Yeah. Donut. It's like, yeah, the way you're saying, like, making fun of each other in a, in a likable way. But he plays sort of a, a down and out, um, in and out of drugs and jail and all that sort of thing. And he's recently uh, knocked up his, his well, I don't think it was a longstanding girlfriend. It was like, like, mm-hmm. like a fling of sorts. He, like, left this chick. And she didn't, he didn't even know she was pregnant. Yeah, they make yeah. a good point of her saying, a little bit exposition here, but she's like, you broke up with me with a text. You never loved me. You weren't going to stick around. And he's I, like, well, yeah. It sets us up pretty early on to be like, he's not responsible. And this is kind of, and he's painted pretty broadly in the beginning, which, which it was fine. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty on the nose. I mean, the first scene you see him, he's smoking meth. Yeah. Oh, was that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was what I was going to say. I think I missed a few minutes of the movie. Okay. I came in a little bit late when I called you. Mm. I, I saw the film today and I was going to catch a later showing, but I realized there wasn't one that wouldn't conflict with our recording. So I, I rushed over to the theater and I think I missed like the first five, 10 minutes. So that's mm. good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, Josh Brolin's character, Eric uh, Marsh, gets, uh, they have like an interview and he's like, when's the last time you used? And there wasn't even, I didn't miss a beat. I was like, yeah, that checks out. He does drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it was it was fine that they used that little bit of exposition from his girlfriend to really paint a, or even like the scene with his mom where she's like, here's some money. Get out of here by the time. I, so he, like, you learn he's kind of a burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally I'd have an issue with that kind of thing because it's almost too like here's it's basically like just putting words on the screen like a Star Wars scroll like in the whatever. Yeah. Does that make any sense or am I just glazing over words too fast? No, I don't think. I think that makes well, sense. they just explain it to you in writing. That's basically what those scenes feel like. And I would have an issue with it if it were not for his performance and the the the, the character he develops into later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think justifies those early scenes. Gotcha. No, I could see that. It really it balances out. Yeah, I think. Um, but I'm a big fan of Miles Teller. I just when I was in on my way to or on my way back from London, I watched the film that he was in called. It was like never give up or something like that or like don't stop fighting or like you, there's was, always one more punch. Wasn't he a boxer? He was a boxer. Yeah, that um, was a good movie. And there were aspects from that performance that I saw in here and where I do not think they worked in that film. I think it played well to his like, um, what's the th- like his drive and determination and kind of the underdog. Rug- yeah, a super underdog thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was really neat because in the movie he his case I don't think it's giving too much away in this film. Yeah, yeah. he kind of becomes really motivated once he sees his daughter to like right. provide for her. Sure. Mm-hmm. It was really just, it was a neat story to see, you know, and you know, with sobriety and things like that, there's always usually something that, you know, you hit bottom or something really motivates you to turn stuff mm-hmm. around and like seeing a kid that you didn't know you were going to have yeah. be in the world has to be a little shocking. The film is called bleed for this, by the way, okay. the boxing movie. Just seeing a kid that you know you're going to have does the same exact right. thing. Oh, I bet. Right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm just saying, um, Josh Brolin's character, 
Uh, I was saying while we were before we started, Josh Brolin's been in a lot of stuff lately, um, and will be in a lot of things. Yeah. But there was a time there where like he was never cast because he was just overacting everything. Or he was, and there was just stuff that you didn't right. ever see. I think there was some stuff on his IMDb in those years, but it just yeah. really kind of didn't matter. Yeah. His first big thing was The Goonies. He played the older brother Brandon. Yeah. Um, and I loved him in that, but I never like he changed a lot from that age. Like you didn't see him in anything mainstream. Until like 15 years later. Yeah, like Gangster Squad, Men in Black. I hated Gangster Squad. Men in Black 3. Yeah, he's got a lot of kind of what look to be sort of B-films here. okay, Planet Terror was good. Yeah, but yeah, and he plays a lot of those almost like vignette-y graphic novel kind of roles. Yeah. Like he was in, in, what's Sin City, Dame to Kill For? He was in that too. Yeah, well, and a lot of these are like, if you go scroll back into like the early 2000s, it's like TV series, Mm -hmm. TV series, short film. So like yeah, he definitely was not an A-list actor for a lot of no, years. No, but and he's I, he's yeah he's found his stride in the last maybe seven years or sa- so. Safe to say he's probably an A-list actor now. I think so. I would call him an A-lister, which mm-hmm. is kind of a badass thing to turn around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, he was he was like a, a bottle of wine that just wasn't ready. Yeah, he's had to age it. Just yeah, had to age a little bit. I mean, because uh, he is a silver fox in this movie. Yeah, oh. he's great handsome man. Yeah, his I mean his performance in this too is so believable. He he does a really good job at like the gritty. Uh, like Southern, even though this is Arizona, but like like Texas. Well, kinda, he was from Ranger kind of guy. He was from the South. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Mm. I want to say South Carolina. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So he was definitely <clears throat> a Southerner. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because he totally had the accent. Yeah. Okay. That's and true. the look. Yeah, yeah he's got that. He's got a handlebar mustache and Carhartt and horses and. Um, his yeah, his life with Jennifer Connelly's characters is pretty interesting uh, and, and relatable in a little way to me as far as like having a job that takes you away from home a lot and how okay. that dynamic, mm-hmm. like you were saying in the beginning, affects uh, the relationship. And you get the vibe pretty early on that she's a very strong and independent woman, like you're saying. Um, and I think it's fascinating how the plot plays out um, with regards to how she adapts. Yeah. And how that affects different characters. And we can't say too much without giving things away on that, but... Um, yeah, she was really well written as a strong woman. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was really nice. Um, before we move on to our beer, is there anything you guys want to talk about uh, broadly about this movie? I mean, just overall, <clears throat> it was really well written, and it it made you really happy and really empathize with characters. And then it you know it takes you through the whole range of emotions. And I felt like it never really was pandery or mm-hmm. didn't really push anything down your throat. Like here, feel things totally. You know, the whole movie just felt really natural, and I think mm-hmm. that's why it affected me more emotionally than most movies, sure. which I really liked. Yeah. So. John Wallen. I, I really enjoyed it. The one thing is uh, it probably felt a little slow. Um, I really? could have done, yeah, just, I, I have a, just being the ADD poster child that I am, I have a really tough time just sitting through the, the slow parts, but at the same time, the movie, it was interesting enough during those slow times that there was enough depth in the plot to keep you engaged, keep you interested, and find out what's what's going on next. Um, good good character development. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. In those slow times. Uh, Absolutely. Overall, Absolutely. did you guys enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I did. I, I okay. would highly recommend it. I'm ready to rate it. Yeah, it's up there on my list. Uh, Johnny Summers, what do you got? Oh, I want to hear your broad thoughts. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was great. Um, I, in, in, our, in our next bit here, I want to get into a little bit more technical stuff that I noticed, but overall... Um, I think it was a great story of determination, perseverance, and the human spirit in general and characters. Um, I think the people's performances were very good. I was actually a little bit underwhelmed by Jeff Bridges. 
Yeah, really? he was fine. He was. Uh, I, I, I he wanna, was. He was probably one that. of. No, he was probably one of my favorite characters in the movie, and he was obviously he was uh, kind of a background character, sure. but just the the position that he played definitely helped. Uh, <laughs> Move the plot along. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Just, he was, he's kind of like that. But like, if you're a redneck, you have that one buddy that's always just there, mm-hmm. and that was that was him. Yeah, maybe I'm more upset that I, I like seeing Jeff Bridges in more lead roles and yeah. where he gets to kind of display more of his acting chops. Well, his acting will take over a movie though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I like the way they wrote him because it didn't become a Jeff Bridges movie. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about the dynamic between Jeff Bridges and Josh Brolin, as well as the relationship between Josh Brolin and Miles Teller, and there's some parallels there. Very paternal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to that extent, it's it's made clear that Miles Teller didn't grow up with a father figure, so you kind of get the vibe that like Josh Brolin sits in as that as his as his captain or his uh, superior. Yeah. Um, and as the film slowly kind of moves along, you do get the vibe that Jeff Bridges starts to fill that role for Josh yeah. Brolin too. Um, so I did like I did like that kind of storyline and that parallelism. Yeah, well, it's always interesting to see how men reach out to other men for emotional mm-hmm. support. That's mm-hmm. a very hard thing for most men to do in general. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see that on screen too. Like yeah, a healthy communication. Totally. You know, it was cool. I liked it too. If you take this movie, or if you take like a John Wayne type movie back mm-hmm. in the day, you have you have moment like there's a specific moment out on a porch with Jeff Bridges and Josh Brolin. And uh, Josh Brolin's kind of at a low point, and <clears throat> there's there's like a human contact aspect that I don't think would have been portrayed maybe forty years ago, right? Just and put, I think that's great. Yeah, like Jeff Bridges just puts his hand on like the back of his neck. Yeah, and it's after like a really nice moment, yeah. and uh, it's really reassuring. And it's nice to see in a movie where men are very macho, and and you do mm-hmm. get kind of the ball bust, and you still have this really sensitive side. Yeah, I think it was great. I think it's important. I've changed my mind about Jeff Bridges. I loved him. In this. Okay, good. <laughs> he was the understated um, mentor. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I really like that. Yeah. yeah, and he was so sweet. He, like he would just he hugged him all yeah. the time. You know, it was, yeah. and well, it was not yeah. weird or anything. It was just a very reassuring kind of physical contact. It's cool. This movie is a nine point two for me. Yeah, I was gonna say nine five. Okay, John Wall. I'm I'm gonna go nine five. It okay, was, it was really really good. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet. Let's uh, let's move on from only the brave and talk about our second beer of the day. Only the second beer. Only the bravest second beer yes. ever. <laughs> Yeah, what do we got? I'll take a lead on this bad boy. We're drinking Nelson the Greeter from Port Brewing Company. Uh, It is an IPA, single hop. Nelson, you could guess, and you'd be right. Uh, Their logo is laid back and hop forward. Their motto. Yeah, well, it's it's on their logo. Oh, gotcha. But right, both, both. Yeah, (laughs) we both win. Yes, Uh, Nelson the Greeter, an IPA, laid back and hop forward. Port Brewing has been producing world class beer since two thousand six. Uh, Black's Beach, an iconic surf break in northern or North County, San Diego, is known to locals as a clothing optional beach. Located below the world famous cliffs of Torrey Pines, getting to this remote area requires a steep trek down a trail into secluded shores. Imagine a peaceful descent down to the trailhead, whereby you might be greeted by de facto mayor of nudity. What? Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. N- Nelson the Greeter. Shocking, right? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, that's Nelson for you. A brazenly confident and assertive hop from the New Zealand, from the from the New Zealand, from New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, who also masquerades as a fat man in search of a speedo. Wow, or Sounds so, like my kind of guy. Or so we hear. <laughs> right, and that is Nelson the Greeter. Well, that's great. Yeah, we've been we've been sipping it this whole time for about twenty minutes or so. But um, what do you guys think about it? It's uh, underwhelming. You know, I, I, I think it doesn't I agree, do much. Man. For no, it. me neither. It's way too warm. 
Oh, that's it's always the case, yeah. Yeah. And I tried to put some ice in a bucket, mm. but the ice melted. Yep. <laughs> and now our beers are sitting in lukewarm water. That said, I don't think that's the reason this is completely off for me. I like this beer. It tastes like what it's supposed to taste like. Which is, yeah, which is what? A hop forward single IPA. I don't so get a lot of hop. I get a lot of malt. I don't get a lot of hop. Oh, it's there. Mm. No, I, I get hop. Well, I get both a little bit. I think the warmer it gets, the more malty it gets. But mm-hmm. I still get the hop presence. Um, it's nice and bitter on the finish. Yeah, I mean at six percent, I don't, I don't, I don't expect anything too bitey. No, I like it. I like it a lot. It's, it's exactly as advertised, in my opinion. Yeah, but is that also to say that it's not overwhelmingly good? Like it's just that's great. Well, that's fine. I mean that's def- dependent on your definition of what's good and mm-hmm. what styles you're into and like what you're craving. I mean, if you wanted just a single hop kind of bitey, drinkable, yeah, crushable IPA, I mean this is great. This isn't a trade for it or write home to mom about right. it beer. It's a, I'm going to pay, you know, less than five, bucks less than five bucks for a can of it mm-hmm. and drink it with a burger and it's going to be rad. Sure. Like, yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I had a weird phenomenon happen to me the other day. I had the, um, stone. Okay. It's, uh, it's in a can. It is a blue can. Uh, help me out here. It's not, um, blue shoot guys. Um, I've got them in the fridge. I wish I could think of it. It's blue? It's like blue and orange, I think. No, Tangerine Express? No. Okay. I don't want to waste too much of our Are time sure here. sure stone is that modern time? No, I'm thinking of a stone beer. Okay. Oh, I almost had it. Whatever. I poured it into a glass. I've had it a few times, and I loved it, and I bought it again, but I poured it out into a glass, and I liked it less. What kind of beer? It's an IPA. Okay. I believe. Um, I'll check on our next break, and I'll tell you guys, and we'll, we'll answer the question. Yes. But I liked it more out of the can. Hmm. Maybe it's something about having like a, when you think like, I'm just going to have a crushable beer Matt and you take it out of the can. can. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know, maybe this would be better in a can. Maybe it's something about a really drinkable beer that I, I find overanalyzing detracts from. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're also used to thinking really hard about our beers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, sometimes it's hard to just enjoy the simple things. Yeah. Very true. Uh, no, I, I like it. I don't love it by any far cry. It's like a solid six, six percent and six out of 10 for me. That's fair. Yeah. It's really middle of the road. I'm definitely not going to disagree. It's pretty much, it's not outstanding. It's just standing. Standing. Yeah. It's in standing. This beer's standing. Uh, yeah. at, I'm going to give it a 5.5. Five. Okay. I think it's right right down the middle. John Wallen. Uh, I'll give it a 5. I mean, just, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with everything you guys yeah. have said. It's, yeah. it's, it's nothing to write home about. It's, uh, it's definitely crushable, but it's just, it's not something I'd probably... Go to great lengths to find again. Right. Like if we ever do a recap on our favorite beers this on the show, like this isn't going to be on. No. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's completely adequate. Yeah. If you're in the mood for mm-hmm. a Nelson Hop Forward single IPA in a 16-ounce can. Sure. This is the beast. And relatively ounce. affordable. Oh, super cheap. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think what this can yeah. was like two, three bucks. I think it was like three. Yeah. So, like, I mean. Maybe four. For, you're not going to find a single hop IPA at a bar no. for three bucks a pint. So. Well, yeah, but yeah. But if this if this were in a bar, it'd probably be like six or seven bucks. Exactly. Which would be overpaying, I think. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get another one. No. <clears throat> so that's maybe a point of note. I'd like to try it a little bit colder, um, <clears throat> but also I don't... I had it cold, so I know I, right. I liked it, but yeah, right. cold. But <clears throat> I don't know. That to say, middle of the road. Yeah, fair enough. So on that note, uh, we are going to take a break, come back with our Danger Zone segment. And Johnny <laughs> is going to tell you what the Danger Zone is if you have no idea. So the Danger Zone is where there are no holds barred in our beer and movie adventure. We swear. We spoil. Johnny swears. <laughs> Johnny swears. Max <laughs> oh, still Johnny. censors himself. <sighs> um, yeah, there's a lot of inappropriate touching of each other and uh, 
I'm yeah, not, I'm close to max. Possibly some spoilers for the movie. I yeah, mean, most most notably, we approach the movie with, yeah. with the idea that maybe you've seen it. It's like we're sitting on the porch drinking beers and we're just going to talk trash about a movie. Yeah, but right. we're not going to talk trash about trash this or one. shop. We talk trash and shop. Talk trash and shop. No lockers though. No. Locker room talks just inappropriate. No, right. So. Mm. Yes, not for this show. No. So that's the danger zone in a nutshell. Uh, guys, any final thoughts on this beer? Are we all good? Uh, I'm good on the beer. Me- cool. Medium. <laughs> we'll be right back. Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audio book? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct, and it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. Danger Zone. And we're back. Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. Uh, Welcome to the Danger Zone, everybody. John, welcome to your first appearance in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Fuck yeah. Because that wasn't a second the first time you were here. So fucking happy to be here. God yeah, damn. here we are. <laughs> uh, you don't have to celebrate it, man. Oh, no, sorry. I feel like sorry. the first time we had the Danger Zone, you definitely did. I did. I was just like, cock, balls. Just like that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And now everybody's developed the same Tourette's all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. Um, so the Danger Zone. We've decided we might cover two ex- two beers instead of one here. Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about the movie a little bit more. I, I have a couple things that I want to touch on there. And then probably a couple spoilers. Uh, yeah. And they're mm. all spoiler related, maybe which some, I didn't say earlier. Maybe some favorite scenes. I think Deal. that's a good idea. John had the idea of talking about specifically like our favorite scenes. And matter of fact, I think we should start with that. Yeah, what favorite. do you got to say, John? Okay, so favorite scene. In the movie, um, the whole movie is premised off of Prescott, Arizona, where this group of uh, firefighters, or I'm sorry, not firefighters, uh, hotshots, they were deuces. We they should, were class two, Maybe right? we should, yeah, distinguish between firefighters and hotshots. Well, I, I wouldn't I be think, the one to talk about I think that. they're all firefighters. Yeah, right. that's, but yeah, we should probably do some form of research before we piss off. Yeah, I'll, you keep talking and I'll look something up. <laughs> okay, so these guys, they're they're class two, they're deuces, um, or that's what that's the derogatory term given to them. Yeah. In one scene where they actually meet hot shots, they get past this guy in one right. particular scene is checking the weather and he goes, you know what, this fire is going to spin 180. We need to do this and save that. Well, and, you know, it turns out these hot shots go walking by thinking they're the Cox Walk, and that's what happens is these guys made a bad call and um, you know all of a sudden this guy who's got tons of experience. Uh, bear didn't um, was didn't he? get the opportunity, and now that town burned. Yeah, but that wasn't my favorite scene. But sure, sorry, that was my. Uh, what he was going to say something that I think I was going to ask you to. Why you keep calling him Bear? Yeah, that's his name. No, no, uh, yeah. I do think that it was a nickname that his wife gave him, but his no. name is Eric Marsh. He called his wife Manda Bear. He called his wife Sugar Tits. <laughs> no, <laughs> he real. called his wife Manda Bear. Did they not call him Bear in the movie? Not once. No, I don't think so either. Well, okay. The reason I call him Bear is because his big thing is. He has that's it appears three it's or four theme. times in the sure. movie in the dream where he has that bear run by him 
on fire into the darkness in a dream. Yeah, and yeah. in the beginning. No, no, of, no, that was a real thing. And in the beginning, oh, that's right, it was. Yeah, and in the beginning of the movie. Um, you know, he's, you can obviously tell that's kind of his thing, his spirit animal, if you will. Yeah, there's bears his, his belt buckle and all that. Yeah. But so you just started calling him Bear. I, oh, did yeah. you give Josh Brown a nickname? We all know I what did. he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew who you were talking about. Yeah, well, I'm gonna call him Bear regardless. I've gone this far, so fuck it, why not? <laughs> but, anyways, favorite, favorite scene in the movie is, um, uh, the Prescott firefighters finally get this chance where they get their chance to do an evaluation and become hot shots. Right. Um, this is kind of the big, uh, big break for them. They have been, uh, they're the first municipal team, uh, in the U S which means they're funded by their city, not federally. Right. That's mm-hmm. a trip. So, um, you know, this is their, their one big shot. So they finally get the mayor to approve it. They get their evaluation and what is going on is these guys are on a fire. They have uh, basically someone who's overseeing them, evaluating them. An observer. An obser- Thank you. An observer. And um, Bear, Eric Marsh, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, makes the call where he says, you know, this is going to be risky, but we really need to do this. And the observer, who's like, you know, I've been doing this since the 60s and blah, blah, blah. And for lack of better term, Eric Marsh says, you know what? Fuck you. We're doing it like this. Yeah. And step off. Yeah. It's also worth noting, and maybe you're saying this too, like it was a very tense, like there was, it was a time constraint here. Like yeah. it was like, we got to make a decision. Yeah. yeah. And, and he yeah. wound up making the right decision and, you know, saving the town and um, their line held. Yeah. Their fire line. Let me right. phrase that. Yeah. That was a pretty defining moment. It was Josh it was. Brolin really just taking charge, being a super leader, you know, and absolutely standing behind the choice he made and it ended up working. <clears throat> yeah. I think. Is that what you were getting at, John? Like that that whole thing, that exchange was your favorite? Yes, absolutely. I think what was interesting about that is that it kind of let in, because the whole time he's been like this blind, uh, his followers like blindly following him and trust his every instinct. And for the most part, he's been unchallenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I, at the same time, I think he's probably earned that from his. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I think what's interesting is when you finally pair him up with a guy who's like basically throwing his credentials at him. He's like for forty years, I've done this. Like you don't understand what I've gone through, son. Like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And still, he goes, "No, I'm going to make my call. You stand down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you step off. Um, and not only that, adamantly does it. Yeah, yeah, and I get like you could see in his crew, like they basically we're about to laugh like they're like no you got it we trust you <laughs> yeah. but as us as an audience there was a moment for me i was like oh maybe he's out of his depth here yeah no and I, he no. wasn't and, and it was well written like that because it really did make you wonder like is he overstepping or mm-hmm. is he that skilled we don't know it was good i like that scene i think the the screenwriters did a really well job portraying him having previous knowledge understanding how fire works yeah. understanding the behavior of fire what it's gonna do and there's certain types and or certain parts in the movie where he's actually talking to the fire he said you know come on girl what are you gonna do mm, tell me what yeah. you're gonna do yeah there's an interesting struggle i think to be discussed about uh his character's various conflicts and like his struggles his, his demons if you will like yeah. you clearly have this um to some extent not strained marriage but um he, he's being pulled two directions one by the, the woman that he loves and also his dedication to this uh, this muse of a fire but also there's a conflict with the fire like it's it's his 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 reason for for living and fighting but also his uh, well, ultimately, his, his downfall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then also, it was a real big motivator for his sobriety, and that's that's mentioned true, exactly. in the movie by his wife. Yes, as you know, because it, it is revealed mid movie, probably sure. that that Josh Brolin's character had a, a drug problem at one mm-hmm. point, and she basically says, you know, you threw one addiction in for another kind of yeah. drug, mm-hmm. which is the fire, which was a really interesting take on that. Yeah, um, I think it was it was. Right around, yeah, it was right then that. Well, the reason they had that conversation was because Miles Teller's character 
was kind of having some problems being a good father to his newish daughter at that time and was like, basically, I need to get off the line and need to, I want to go more to like the, the office job sort of side of this. Yeah, he wants to go work structures. He wants to work city. Yeah. And then, and then that hit a nerve with Josh Brolin and it was just like, I, it's learned earlier on that he hates it when people do that. Like use his, yeah. his crew as a steps, step stone. Well, he brought it up interviewing right. mm-hmm. the other kid, know, the other kid. Yeah. yeah. It's like a really like aggressive question he has in his interview. Like, yeah. Like, well, I, are you using this job to get somewhere? Cause I hate nothing more than that. Right. Yeah. It's really on the nose that he does not like that. Yes. Well, during that conversation with them, this is the one outside of the bar that you're talking about. Isn't that where basically he says, look, if you if you leave this, you're going to go right back to drugs. You're going to start spiraling down. Right. Yeah. You know, you leave the line. You're, you know, you're basically losing. Dead or in jail. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it was, it became pretty ob- obvious that he was reacting to something inside of himself that he's gone through. Like, yeah. if you give this up, that's the one thing holding you to a good quality of life. So don't do this. But it, it, it manifested like an anger. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was it, the depth of Josh Brolin's character was really well written. I dug that, you know, cause it was, he was projecting his stuff mm-hmm. onto this kid. I mean, yeah, I circling back around to a latter scene in the film. There's, there's, and actually about what I was saying about miles Teller and how I really enjoy him. I got sidetracked by talking about that boxing movie, but I really do like miles Teller. Um, what else has he been in? So the thing that caught my attention with him first was whiplash. Okay. Um, was he the drummer in that? Yep. It was him, J.K. Simmons. You guys have probably seen it. I have uh, not. F- oh, you got to watch that movie. It it's looks so good. good. Uh, there's a, like a running joke, actually. Little Here's trivia. Uh, J.K. Simmons plays a, a college percussion professor, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets... Uh, all right. Spoiler alert for Whiplash. Damn it. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. I haven't uh, seen this. That's a good point. It's not that important. Okay. He gets fired. J.K. Simmons yes. does? Is for, that when he goes to work at the Daily Bugle? No, actually, but sort of similar uh, in in the idea here. He gets fired, and then he goes to do his own thing. We don't really ever learn. But there's like a running joke with him and like his producers, J.K. Simmons, uh, that like his character in La La Land, where he's like that restaurant owner that manages the music, that mm-hmm. like that's him then like later in life, and he's just like still crazy about music, but it's like shitty music, and he just <laughs> runs a piano bar. Nice. He's. I read an interview at some point. Whatever. Anyways, Miles Teller in that is great. He really he's he's done a lot uh, as far as developing like his depth as an actor. Hmm. Um, so he's been on my radar for for a few years now, and and I think that he was great in this. Uh, really turned it around. His character did like pretty believable as sort of a bum. Yeah, and then by the end, very sympathetic. And there's that scene after after the final climax and everything unfolds, and he's there, and he's at a, a school auditorium, and there's I, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'll just say this like. He walks into the auditorium and he's greeted with expressions from uh, people in there yeah. that were tough to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As and, soon as he walked in, uh, <clears throat> waterworks. And you see, yeah, and you see him kind of have a daze as he goes in, and then he sees these the way that people look at him, and he just buckles and he mm-hmm. leaves. And then, and then Jennifer Connelly actually gave me the best performance of of that movie uh, as her character went at that scene. I thought it was great because like, you see her built up as his character, who's strong and independent, doesn't necessarily have to rely on. Uh, everybody around her, um, which is actually really interesting because her character and all of the wives of the men on the line uh, are very much a community. Like, no, we need each other to survive. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm, I got it, yeah. basically. And it's obviously it's tough when everything unfolds, but she's the one that kind of that that uh, wraps him back up and and takes care of him yeah. in his weakest. That moment, was a really was, powerful scene. Yeah, dude. I thought she did a great was. job. Yeah, 
It's kind of hard to talk about this movie right now. It, we, we all welled up, right? Fair yeah. Enough. Oh, I cried like a little baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll admit it 100%. This yeah. was one of the first movies I had to sit through the credits and kind of get mm-hmm. myself together before yeah. I could leave the theater. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Was, how did that hit you as somebody that didn't know it was a real story? Uh, horribly. Because it was like one of those things that they it do was, in a lot of movies. They show the, the real photos of yeah. these, these men. No, it was kind of like getting punched <sighs> in the gut, man. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it made it that much more impactful. You know what I mean? Definitely had some serious heaviness, but also really cool that they made this movie. You know? Yeah. Um, to, to double back on what, hot, what a hot shot is, um, it's essentially, uh, and I hope you guys will forgive this analogy if it's incorrect or not up to par, but they're basically the Navy SEALs of firefighters. Um, they're, they're miles and leagues ahead of the physical fitness of all the other firefighters. They're the ones that like drop and they charge into the fire and basically are just in charge of uh, stopping the actual flames. <laughs> Hmm. Like the, yeah. the, the trenches that you saw in the movie, like they just run in. They're like, "All right, we got this." Dang. Yep, they go on dig lines and yeah, it's the, intense stuff. Yeah, the uh, that movie did a, it did a really good job. Just something you would never think of. One mm-hmm. of the earlier parts in the movie where they're battling a fire, uh, a plane does a an errant drop. They drop wrong, and all Water, of a sudden yeah. it screws up the entire process they're yeah. working towards. Yep. And then all of a sudden they have to go around. It just it's amazing how they had the forethought to put that in and realize, hey, you know what? This is actually something that really happens, and it really helped kind of. I think almost take you on that emotional journey, realize the frustrations these guys deal with, the heat, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, being away from their family, everything else that they uh, they deal with while being out there. Totally. Yeah, the the dirtiness yeah. too, just the the reality of it, you know, of the one scene that when they were all my favorite scene maybe there was a, a few. It'd be hard to pick one, but I really enjoyed that scene of them sitting around the campfire. Mm, that yeah. was really, and it was brief, but it was kind of powerful, you know, just the that bonding after a hard day's work and they're in the middle of nowhere sitting around a campfire. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you, you're referring to the team, right? Yeah. Cause there's a scene where, where Josh oh. Brolin and Jennifer Connelly are by a fire. Zone. Dude, okay. every scene that Josh Brolin and Jennifer Connelly in was amazing. Yeah. I think they were, I, I don't, I want to figure out if they've worked together in the past, but they had a, a definite chemistry on screen that I, that I found, found quite enjoyable. Right. If I, I may say. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And, Dare I say Jennifer Connelly more beautiful now than when she was like 27? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. He's so gorgeous. If we're going there, we're also going to go to if Josh Brolin's more handsome than he used to be. 100% he is. <laughs> he is too. He looked really goofy back in the day. Yeah. No, he's aged really well. He's a dude that like needed some wrinkles and like. Some, he's, some yeah, character. like I'm saying, he's got like a nice grittiness to him that oh. I, it's so believable. Shalina walked out of the movie and she's like, well, I have a new oh, celebrity God. crush. I thought you meant she walked out of the movie. I was like, what? No. When we, <laughs> okay. when we did leave. She's like, well, there's a new celebrity crush. Sure. James Brolin or Josh Brolin is hot. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to disagree. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's good, man. Uh, yeah. I really like the relationship that uh, Josh Brolin had with Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Just almost as uh, Jeff Bridges being that mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being kind of, uh, the movie paints um, uh, Josh Brolin out to be this really strong, very, um, uh, you know, leader. But at the same time, um, he has this um, after the incident with his with what's her name. Um, she has the incident where she rolls the truck. Yeah, and sure. or I'm sorry, not where she rolls the truck, but they get into the fight after the bar, and oh, he yeah. just goes walks off to Dwayne's porch mm-hmm. to Jeff Bridges' porch. <laughs> yeah, that scene and, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of neat to see something like that. Yeah, yeah, the alpha male still needing emotional support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting. Like again, like circling back to like a 40 years ago movie. Shoot, uh, even twenty years ago, yeah, maybe, huh? That. Like, yeah, but you have this this thing where you might have followed that uh, 
you like I don't know maybe not follow the character but like maybe that scene would have ended there like he's pissed off he goes on a walk a, a walk a wookie he goes on a walk goes on a walk and she drives <laughs> and then that's it but you know we get a follow up on like why on what that emotion is it's not just an angry well, every, cowboy and every time some like I've been in that situation where I go for a walk mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. someone I call mm, sure you know what I mean we yeah. all have that that anchor. Yeah. In our lives, we all know who it is or what it is or whatever, you know, and, and we go there. Yeah. And I know exactly who I've called at the hardest times in my life. And the conversations were not unsimilar, but it was really nice to see that portrayed in a real and identifiable way. And it it's healthy. And it's yeah. really good to see. When um, Dwayne got the news and he broke down, that's probably when that was probably one of the tougher uh, parts in the movie for yeah. me was, you know, it's kind of like, OK, he made that just that, that noise. sound. Just guttural. I mean, it was like primal yeah. sadness. It was crazy. Oh, it was fantastically done. Yeah, I didn't like that noise. Yeah, well, I guess I'll say that. I thought it was laughable. Yeah, I thought it was a goofy noise, and it took me out of the moment. Yeah. After well. that, I was fine. But <laughs> but he, it was like there's a video on the internet uh, of a father and a son um, sitting on a couch, and the son says something to the dad, and the dad just starts crying. But it sounds like this weird, like howling. You have to know what I'm talking about. I'll show it to you guys later. It's it's great. All right. Uh, it's like a joke. Gotcha. On the internet. So this this, this father's emotions have turned into the internet. He, la- he cries like a, a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, was that's it like it some earth shattering news? What the I hell don't know. Did his it, son no, say? It, it was like the father. It was like one of those shows where like a father and son are coming together after not talking for fifteen years. It's like uh, I've always loved you, Dad, and then he just goes like. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, it's, it sounds terrible. It's horrible and so funny. Good but grief! If you have those kind of emotions, just don't film them. Yeah, yeah, and that's a thing too. Like yeah. Some producers like, oh, this is great television. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, amazing. That guy's a dick. Um, in the interest of time, fellas, any more thoughts on this movie? Any moments or that you loved or didn't love and want to talk I think about? I've covered everything I want to cover. It was inspiring, all front to back, and it's one of those movies that I will think about when I feel like complaining about my day. And yeah. how hard my job is, or how yeah, I'm tired, you know. Don't be a yeah. Whiny. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, at the, the inner, my inner monologue is like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. And your job's not that hard, you know. And mm. your life's not that bad, you know. And it kind of, I have a buddy that's a, a firefighter, so it was just interesting thinking about it that way. And mm-hmm. um, my ex brother in law was actually a wildland firefighter, mm. um, and it was interesting about. I don't know. A couple of years ago is when I first met. About three years ago is I first met him and her, and then um, she went through a lot of hard times when he was out on fires. And Shalina, mm. it's her sister. Gotcha. So it was really interesting talking about the movie afterwards and looking at it through the lens of her sitting sometimes with their sister. You know, sure. It was interesting, and it was a good movie. I think this is going to be an important movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad right. they made it. I'm glad we watched it. Absolutely, John Wall. Final thoughts on this film? Anything you want to hit? Oh man, um, <laughs> no, Johnny really covered. I mean, it was it was wonderfully done. It was excellently portrayed. The cast did a fantastic job. Um, there was just there was a lot of things that were portrayed that just weren't spoken. Yeah. So I think they did a wonderful job with just all of the subtleties. Um, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed it. This was the first movie that uh, I mean, and I were able to get out and see since uh, Cassidy was born. Oh, oh, that's wow. a good and, one. Yeah, Dude, and uh, yeah, I mean, Amanda, she, I mean, we were both. <laughs> I've got my arm around her. We're both just crying. Oh, it was, no. yeah. it was great. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, it was, 
you know, just uh, being able to experience that with my wife was amazing. Yeah, that's actually touching on one of my favorite parts of, of this movie is how you're talking about subtlety and, and that. But I think it was I think it was really nuanced as far as characters go. Yes. Um, it's easy to have films like this where you have, um, I mean, there's, you know, 12 for every good one. But you have films where, like, it's, it's, it's the men and they're fighting these fires. And then, they, and then you have, like, the same storyline but delivered less well. I'm trying to think of a good example. but Backdraft. I didn't see that, but uh, you need to like you have these these real human moments between between Josh Brolin's character and Jennifer Connelly's or Miles Teller and Josh. Like every every dynamic between two people talking was believable, mm-hmm. and it wasn't on the nose. It wasn't um, it wasn't overstated. It was very it was perfectly written and acted. Fair to say, it almost felt like a documentary. I was, I was actually, yeah. I mean, I was really impressed by the way that they handled the story, and it was, it felt true. Yeah, it yeah. felt real. Agreed, hundred uh, percent. Great movie. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I don't. I had a few things that I didn't particularly enjoy, but I don't think it's that important to talk about because it's overarchingly very, very good. Yeah. Well, yeah. and just the the whole premise of the movie and whatnot. It's I, I don't want to say anything bad about it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's always tough. I think I think from a, a critical perspective, um, were th- were this a bad movie? Uh, Regardless of how true it was, without being irreverent to the people themselves that we uh, could have died, of course we could have. Yeah, yeah, I mean we're not we're not talking bad about the people that gave their lives for this, but we are dissecting a film. So if it were a really bad film, I'd be happy to tear it apart. I think that's fair, um, yeah. but yeah, not in a vindictive way or anything. But no, not the case here. Very good movie. Very good. Only the Brave. It came out uh, nine days ago for us. Well, and it's going to be in theaters for a while. And as of recording, right on the twenty yeah. It came out October twentieth. I didn't say that. Um, go check it out. Very good. Yeah. Um, should, we're gonna, should we talk about the last beer? Yes. We're going to move on to our final beer. Well, uh, one more thing before we sure. uh, touch on the beer. Yeah. Just uh, real quick, uh, just from me personally, a huge thank you to all of our uh, firefighters. Absolutely. And, uh, That's um, fair to say. Absolutely. You know, I, I think they deserve uh, a recognition. I know we have uh, Sean K. Wood and CBE, but uh, um, I, I don't know them that well, but just a big a big thank you. We've had uh, quite a few fires around this area lately. Yeah, and, I was uh, going to say that too. I meant to I meant to point that out in the beginning. Like clearly, this is a very sensitive time for wildfires. I mean, we're in, yeah. we're in central or northern California, but yeah, and we're we should probably just put something like that at the front of the episode. Yeah, we will think, do that. I think that'd be good. That's a really good idea. Yeah, um, I meant to say it in the beginning, but I got so excited with the three of us and chatting. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll let's we'll we'll chop that in. But yeah, uh, I that's a really great thing to say, John. I agree. Word. We probably should lead with that. So yes, I think we all got distracted by beer and like, I didn't just, really think about the movie until like 15 right. minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, we just got into it. That said, we're actually now drinking uh, technically three beers and that's my fault because <laughs> I just, I accidentally poured um, the wrong beer into Johnny's glass when he had half of one left. So Johnny, you're drinking... Uh, I'm drinking a combination. You're drinking Hop Juice Ripper. I'm drinking <laughs> Hop Juice from Left Coast Brewing mixed with Stone Ripper. Oh, yeah. go ahead and toss me in a little there just for giggles. That's, that's the answer, by the way, to... Uh, to the question earlier, the stone beer that I was talking about was Ripper. Ripper. So that's it's a pale ale. Which one do you want? Yeah. Ripper. Are you mixing? Yeah, I'll mix. You're oh mixing as well. I'm not doing that, you I'm animals. Give me this. You are doing it, but it's I not your fault. didn't have a choice. Yeah. This is the danger zone sack up and bad uh, man. In this case, I guess I'm the only one that can faithfully talk about this beer well, now. Oh, no, I had that by itself. We okay. both had it. I, okay. fin- I went for a small pour because I don't usually like triple IPAs. In that case, we're talking about Left Coast Brewing's Hop Juice. It's a triple IPA. <laughs> uh, they're out of San Clemente, California. It's a 10% triple and i'm gonna read you what's on the can right now <clears throat> this hop monster uses premium american two row and a touch of light crystal malt to create a solid malt foundation five different hop varieties are used in the hop juice now dry hopped with mosaic for great aroma starts out sweet and finishes with the crisp bitterness of a triple ipa this drinkable blend will have you hopping 
all caps <laughs> till night's <laughs> end. I don't, yeah, that doesn't deserve a laugh. What is this, Easter? Uh, yeah. Uh, family owned and operated. Perfect. And then their motto is people that go left are in their right mind. I don't like their jokes. Their jokes suck. No, I don't like their jokes. I'm going to pretend all. I didn't read that. I'm just going to drink the beer. That's shitty. Yeah. Subpar humor. This is danger zone. Call it what it is. Um, can we say, too, that like triple IPAs are always walking on uh, dangerous thin ice? Like <coughs> walking on sunshine? No, they're not doing that. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what was the song at the beginning? Oh. Oh, come on. Oh, with the burnt. Br- when you think of it, just interject. Blue. Yeah, that's it. That was the first half cinema. <laughs> Anyways, no, but triple IPAs, like, I feel like, sorry about that, okay. are always real close to, like, being horrible. They, like, but the tip, like, on the edge of a knife, if they overbalance anything, it's just too gross. Um, I've only had a couple of triple IPAs that I really like, and I'm even struggling to think of them. Simtra from Knee Deep, back in the day. Okay. Love that beer. Uh, Ruin, Ruination, no, Ruin 10. Ruin 10. It's pretty good. They did the Ruin 10 from Stone. That had like orange peel and vanilla. Cool. It was so good. But like that's maybe one of the only triple mm-hmm. IPAs I've ever liked. Yeah, they're often they're often overdone. Yeah. And I think that's the case for this hop juice. I'm not a fan. I, I don't about, like um, it either. Lip no. Ripa. Are you a fan of that one? Uh, it's only because it's a rye IPA. I don't really love it. Okay. A rye triple IPA. Yeah, I don't like rye. Yeah, triple rye PA. Triple Ripa. Triple Ripa. Triple Raper? Ripa. Well, that's Excuse awkward. Excuse me, sir. Uh, okay. Danger zone. Aggressive. <laughs> Can't uh, think of that goddamn song now. I know. Let's not glaze over this. Let's actually give it its due, even if it's not great. Hop juice. Um, even if we just go around and rate it, what do you guys got? It's just too much. You know what I mean? Triple IPA is by and large as a styler too much. This is a solid four for okay, me. Sure. It's just too damn malty and sweet and then trying to be hoppy. Triple IPAs are, in my opinion, a style that can just go away. Yeah. Yeah. John Wallen, what do you think? I'm usually a fan of triple IPAs, but that particular one, it didn't do anything that really struck home for me. Okay. Um, uh, I tend to like things that are a little little sweeter, a little smoother. That one did have a lot of uh, malt in it. Yes. So I'd, I I, mean, not far off from Johnny. I'd probably give it a, a 5.2. I mean, it's... Okay. it's that feels generous. That's nice. Yeah. Well, he's a fan of the style, so... That's yeah. true. I see that. Uh, I don't know. That seems like a reason to be more critical of it. You know, as somebody who doesn't like them, you're still giving it a pretty good rating. Have you met me? I'm not very critical. It's, it's beer. I feel like critical's always got a negative connotation, but I feel like here critical can mean you can be critical and love something. No, very true. Like that movie. Um, but no, all that to say, I am. I think I'm with you both. I don't love this. It's overly malty and overly trying to mask the sweetness coming from whatever is making it sweet to mask the alcohol. Like if I'm if I'm, people that buy a triple IPA are expecting alcohol, I don't think anybody's gonna be mad if it's like a hoppy. No, alcoholic bite to it. Like, do it. Mm-hmm. Commit. Be something. Speaking yeah. of movie, did we rate the movie? We did early on. Yeah, we, you guys we, were both nine fives, and yeah. I was a nine two, if I'm not mistaken. Thank mm-hmm. you. You can edit that part out. No, please. we're leaving it. We're good. Right. I, I do things like that all the time. Uh, but hop juice by Left Coast for me is like a three. I could I could care less if this beer ever got drank by anybody again. All right, fair enough. We're gonna get an email like my family survives because we brewed this beer, and I'll be like, all right, well. You should die. I don't mean that. They can <laughs> No, it's fine. There's, there's this thing called temp agency. Go, I hope go your family job. starves. Yeah. No, but there's there's wow. a there's enough good there's enough good beers out there. Go get a different triple IPA if you want. Well, basically anything from Knee Deep, I think is fair to say. Mm. Or do you guys disagree with me on that? Mm. I don't okay. like Knee Deep that much anymore. Damn it. Yeah. And also, I'm not a good barometer as to where to go find triple IPAs yeah, anyway. True. So. Uh, I am now drinking Stone Ripper Pale Ale because it's kind delicious. Of. No, oh, I did poured you, it out. You did okay. Yeah, I, well, think, yeah that's, I don't even remember. You did. did I? I saw you do it. Okay, yeah. 
You did. I don't know, man. I drink a lot of beers. Um, Stone Ripper Pale Ale is also a seasonal, I believe. No. It's not? It's no. This is what happens when we have a beer that we're not prepared to talk about. I just ask questions. It's I'm like, is this a, a thing? But my questions sound like statements. I'm like, that's a seasonal, right? <laughs> uh, if it's <laughs> not. my statements go up at the end? Let me, yeah, right. Let me just pull no. it up real quick. No, it's, it's a year-round beer. Ripper beer. Um, I've had this one before. Uh, good old Jeremy Vesley hooked me up with one a while ago. Good old Jeremy Vesley, man. Yeah, I love that guy. He's awesome. This is the beer that I was talking about that I think was better out of the can. Hmm. Just for context. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It. I like it. It's good beer. This one gets a higher rating than the hop. For stuff. sure it does. The hop juice. Uh, to talk a little bit about it, it's a 5.7% pale. It's got 40 IBUs on the IBU scale. And what Stone says about it on their website is this. <clears throat> when it came to creating Ripper, we drew inspiration from the coastal surf cultures of SoCal and Oz. I don't know what Oz means here, but I'm not from SoCal. Sourcing classic Cascade from the Pacific Northwest and Australian Galaxy Hops. Shout out to Galaxy Hops again. It seems like a common theme lately on the show. Yeah. Mm. Done a few. Uh, from, yes, Australia. We know that. Uh, we made a beer both lovers of frothy peaks and hoppy green buds will be stoked about. At the same time, we stayed true to our San Diego roots by pushing the hot boundaries of the style. While some might think it lingers on the edge far closer to an IPA. That's me because I said it was an IPA. Yep. Uh, with all the dry hop flavor and aroma, it's actually right in line with the current day interpretation of a West Coast pale. Hmm. Ours just so happens to have an Aussie accent that's cascading with a juicy amount of grapefruit and passion fruit hoppiness. So veg out or venture out. Either way, rip one open and taste this awesome golden nectar. I really like the uh, the grapefruit analogy because you definitely mm-hmm. get a lot of the pithiness. And it very much so reminds me of a grapefruit. Mm. More more grapefruit pithy or like a lemony? Because I, I think you're right. I think I agree. But often when I think pithiness, I think like orange or lemon. Well, pithy and also just the like the fruit of a grapefruit, that bitterness there. It really mm. encapsulates that quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I, like still, I don't know. I'm acting like I'm tasting it as you say. I'm still drinking the yeah. the triple, but yeah. You just evaluated the triple <laughs> IPA. I'm, yeah, I did. But I'm thinking back to what you're saying. You're like, yeah, totally. Here we go. Did you want some? You happy? bastards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you know, I like the beer, so that's good. Thanks. Yeah, have some. Yeah, we have the same type of name your STD. It's fine. Um, whatever. Mm. You know, do my cold swords go away? So. That's actually uh, it's a really weird transition after the triple. Uh, the triple would ruin it for you, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. Yeah, they're not very good mixed together. No, mm-hmm. no, I, yeah, but they weren't. I dumped that out immediately. Yeah. Well, shoot, guys, uh, do you guys want to rate rate the Ripper? No, Ripper's good. This is a surprise beer. We can't rate yeah. it, man. We're gonna have too many beers for the yeah, picture. Yeah, this isn't collage. gonna be. Yeah, it's not gonna be in our our official episode, but we did drink it, so yeah. drink it if you can. This is yeah, it's good. This is uh, unendorsed by Fresh Hop Cinema. Did beer. you say unendorsed? This is an N A. This is this is an an. This is a beer that is endorsed by. Is that what you're saying? This is an endorsed beer. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like Johnny said earlier, this would be a great beer for just chilling at a barbecue with a burger. Right. Something nice and cold, fresh out of the ice chest on a hot day. That's, That's what I was I saying. said that I about think. that beer. Yeah, I was saying I know, this and one. Stone Ripper would sure. fit as well. Totally. I dig it. Yeah. Makes, All right. Makes me want to learn how to surf and shit. Well, gentlemen, final thoughts on any of the stuff we've been talking about? No, I got I got to go. In that case. I got stuff to do. Uh, we've been chatting with our friend John Wallum. That's who is me. our friend from life, but also from Patreon. If you are interested in being a voice on the show, you can do what John does and give us money every week for our episodes. <laughs> and then uh, we will have you on the show and you'll probably be with the three of us and you'll be the fourth person that'll be in that space right there that I'm pointing to. That he pointed or, at the living room. But like, you know, like, no. you know you'll be in the other be room. <laughs> this, this is the <laughs> Fresh Hop <laughs> studio. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see what else. Find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, let us know what you think about these beers and the movie and our episodes and all that good stuff. Um, in the meantime, for Fresh Hop Cinema, my name is Max Minardi. My name is John Woolham. And I'm Johnny Summers. We'll mm-hmm. see you next time. Bye. Adios. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.